Hi everybody, welcome to Happy to Interrupt. Here I'm with my friend and guest Sierra. Hello. And today we're going to be answering some girl talk questions about relationships, school, mental health, and um, planning for your future. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. So our first section, we're going to be talking about romantic relationships. And our question comes, how to deal with pessimism about finding a romantic partner feeling incapable <clears throat> of love? Sierra, what do you think about this question? Okay, so I have felt this, but um, when I was much younger, like in middle school, I don't really struggle with this anymore because I'm in a relationship, but all through growing up, I was never liked by boys up until literally like high school. Um So I was like, I just accepted my fate. And I was like, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. I'm never going to, no boys are ever going to like me. I'm incapable of love. And then when I simply stopped worrying about that, I I found love. That's such good, I feel like, advice. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of, um, same with me, like I kind of grew up feeling like I was kind of never going to get in a relationship it was hard in middle school, I feel like, to um, have relationships because everyone was just so immature at that age. Yes. Um, and there's, like, the few girls that were actually liked. Yeah. Like, grade. there's always, like, two or three girls that are, like, actually, like, getting in relationships. So I think my biggest advice would just be to have patience and work on yourself uh, a bit more before thinking about getting a relationship I think it's the moments when you stop kind of putting your relationship on a pedestal that you actually begin to find somebody so yeah that's that's what advice I would give is be patient work on yourself and just try to surround yourself with people who really care about you and that also answers our next question which is should I chase love or do I need to wait for it I think that if you are trying to look for love, if you're chasing love, it's not going to come to you. You have to let it. You have to let it come to you. Mm. And when you just let love come to you, then your insecurity of being incapable of love is going to go away. Can I ask like your opinion on right person wrong time? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That is real because when you're young especially and you find love and you find a partner it's it hurts it's always going to hurt because you have to go to college you have to do these things you can't like in most cases people don't stay together from high school but you might have an amazing relationship in high school the right person at the wrong time that's so true I feel like you need to appreciate the time that you have with people especially as we're growing up and like we're going to graduate life is going to change so I think you should really focus on enjoying the time you have with that person Mm -hmm. and it's hard to stay in the present moment it really is but and our next question comes like uh thoughts on when people text you flirtatiously but then in person they don't really approach you or keep the same energy yeah so if you guys are texting a guy or a girl or whatever 
and they're flirty, but they don't talk to you in person, it's because they're simply insecure and shy. Like, there's no other explanation. They obviously like you if they're flirting with you. And they could be, like, playing with your emotions. But most likely, they like you, and they're too shy. Honestly, they probably like you even more if they're too shy to come up to you in person. So, honestly, don't take it personally, and just try to make the first move. That's what I would say. Yeah, I have kind of conflicting things about this. I think, of course, I agree with you. Make the first move if you really like them and, like, you know, they're giving you the right energy. But also, if they don't really approach you in person, that could also be a sign that they're just not as committed to you or, like, want to pursue things further. So I always prioritize, uh, like, in-person relationships over online because especially when it comes to romantic, like, partnerships, you can't be, like, you can't be sacrificing what you want for the bare minimum. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a bad quality that a lot of people have, but I wouldn't say that it's, like, a red flag or anything because it's just a flaw. Everyone's flawed, and some people are just flawed in that way. So you just see if it's actually personal and they don't like you enough to talk to you or if they're just shy and they're waiting for you to make the first move. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with making the first move as a girl. Um, In fact, like, I hear a lot of guys appreciate when, like, we do make the first move. So, yeah, it could be all those things. They're shy, but most importantly, just put yourself out there a little bit. You know, take a chance, maybe say hi to them in class or... um, yeah, while they're while you're just walking around uh, school campus and test the waters that way, and that leads us into this next question: How do I make the first move? Do you have mm-hmm. any thoughts on it? Okay, so if you like struggle with confidence or you just sorry, I'm like in the sunlight right now guys i need to like scooch wait you gotta move the dog honestly yes (laughs) um so if you struggle with confidence and you want to make the first move but you don't know how my biggest piece of advice is to find a window of the right time to do something and if you're really scared you can always say something over text which i know is not ideal but if you if that's gonna make you make a move then it's fine. So, like, if you're about to go on vacation or something, you should just text your crush the day before you leave so that if you get rejected, you have to think about it all. Or you could even not even open the text until after vacation. So you, like, totally forget about it. And then you'll either have a great surprise waiting for you or a rejection, which is totally fine. So that's my biggest piece of advice for finding confidence to make the first move is to find a good window, a good time to do it, or something that'll, like, you know, like, cease the embarrassment. Did you do that? I did. You did. <laughs> twice. <laughs> I did that twice, so so that's why I say that. And it really works. You've been in a relationship for, like... <laughs> like, three years. Like, three years. Yeah. So. I, um... <laughs> I've also, I've done this before, and (laughs) the sun is, so I've done this before, and it it didn't work out for me. (laughs) Tell the story. So I was, it was, um, like, sophomore year, and I had always had a crush on this guy who was, you know, just, at the end of, I don't want to say the period, but 
you know, it was in my English, okay? Okay, let's call him Jack. Yeah, so Jack was in my English, and I really kind of admired him from afar. Like, I just, I liked his energy and, like, style. So I barely said, like, two words to this man in class. <laughs> and it was the end of the school year, so I was like, Isis, like, we gotta go. Like, we gotta <laughs> get things started, you know? So... At the end of sophomore year, like literally the last day, I DM them on Instagram and I'm like, like, hey, not even like really romantic. I'm just like, hey, would you like to hang out or like do something? And they left me on red. They never responded. But the reason I'm okay with this now, because I feel proud of myself that I took that chance even if it didn't work out. That's so, rough. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's going to be fine. Like it's not the end of the world. Um I'll tell my experience. So in middle school, I had a crush on this guy. Let's call him Joffrey. Joffrey. Okay. I had a crush on Joffrey for a year, like 3 years in a row. And I again, this is when I was like I'm ugly as hell. Nobody likes me. I'm never going to get this boy. So one day, I was going on a vacation to Hawaii, right? And I hung out with my friends. And me and my best friend made up this, like, lie, elaborate lie that I was moving to Texas. And I wasn't coming back. So I was like, okay, bye, guys. And I said bye to my whole friend group. Yep, I pranked those fools. Like, I pranked them. So I said bye to everyone. Moving to Texas. And actually, I didn't exactly make the first move. The boy that I had a crush on texted me and was like, I'm going to like miss you or something when you move to Texas. So actually, he was the one who took his chance in the time allotted. And But I was the first one to say I like you over text, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in Hawaii, we were like texting the whole time. And then my mom found out and she got really mad at me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but then with my current boyfriend, I um, texted him before I went on a trip and then we were literally dating by the time I got back so yep it works it works <laughs> sometimes okay yeah um our next question is like so I'll set the scene like say you had like a bad first kiss or first like um sexual experience and you're feeling kind of like kind of a little traumatized about it what do you do like moving forward um, I have some things to say about this because I personally, I went through this, um, like, I, it was probably my sophomore year and I had, and I kind of, I kissed this, this one person and they left marks on my neck, right? Like hickeys. So I, the next day I go to school and I forget to cover them up or like wear anything. And I just feel like I'm being stared at, like, everybody is judging me and thinking like oh like what did they do like who were they with and I felt so terrible I started crying like right in front of my basketball coach so that experience really scarred me and I think there's this whole pressure of like your first kiss your first like sexual experience that needs to kind of go away like, it doesn't matter. Your first, like, anything doesn't define you. Um, I would say you should keep going out and, like, trying new experiences, but also be more vocal about what you like and what you don't like. 
Um, and that's kind of how I grew to like have better experiences and feel confident expressing like my sexuality. <clears throat> yes. Also, for a first kiss or first time or anything, I'm sorry, but go into it with low expectations because you're only going to get disappointed. I've never heard of anyone having a good first anything. Mm-hmm. My first kiss was the most awkward thing ever. It was during COVID, and I was with my uh, boyfriend, Joffrey, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we Wait, were... is this first or second? First or second, what? This is first in middle school? This is actually, like, COVID, so, like, ninth grade no like summer going into ninth grade so I was like 13 or 14 and we went on a walk to and then we went behind a bush at a college (laughs) and because we we like went on a walk every day secretly to like see each other and so we would like just like hug or whatever and talk but today I used to go crazy. <laughs> Middle school couples go crazy yeah. over hugs. It like, was, yes, the hugs were crazy. So, we like, the day before or something, we were texting, and, like, he was like, oh, I want to kiss you. <laughs> Stop. So then, when we were saying goodbye, uh-huh. I was like, oh, do you want do you want a kiss? <laughs> he was like, sure. And then we leaned in, t- and his lips were shut tight. <laughs> And it made a weird squeaky noise. <laughs> so then I was you like, braces? Uh, I think I did, <laughs> but it didn't matter. Cause it was like, you know, like a peck, yeah. but he is really small lips that were like pressed together. So it felt like I was kissing bone. And then I had to like leaned in for a second one and then made another weird like noise. <laughs> so it was the most awkward thing ever. So honestly, it's a really fun story to tell. So it doesn't even matter. You guys were behind the bush. Yes, <laughs> behind the bush. We were behind the bush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so as you heard from both our experiences, like there's your first time is probably gonna go bad you know it's not gonna be everything you're expecting it's part of the character growth you gotta start somewhere it's part of the main character development you know we all we all need to go through um some experience like this and we learn from it so um now we're moving on to our second chapter which is focusing on friendships and our first question is how do you know when you've outgrown a friendship? Uh, I can say a little bit about this. Uh, I think that the transition from middle school to high school and even like as you progress is insane. You're going to, okay, I'm not going to like put things in your head, but like just expect to lose kind of a lot of friends and not in a way of like, you know, just like poof like they don't want to hang out with you they don't want anything to do with you but just know that high school you're gonna it's such a big place you're gonna discover new interests new parts about yourself that you didn't know in middle school and it's just naturally you're gonna start hanging out with them like different people so don't feel bad if like your middle school friend group starts to get distant or like you know you haven't hung out like as as much just know that um 
like you're gonna find people who like align with your interests and yeah i think you know that you've outgrown a friendship when things start to feel awkward between that friend that you've been friends with for for a while like you have to feel think about what you're making conversation about or if you're just generally interested in a different way of life i lost a lot of friends in high school especially in the early years i was like very much like a good girl and I didn't want to do any drugs or anything and I had friends that was like wanted to do that and I was like okay so we don't align with that <clears throat> so I totally outgrew them in like freshman year and then later is all fine we we're all friends again but um yeah what it's just weird when you're with friends with someone in middle school for however many years and then you get to high school and then suddenly it feels like they're a whole different person so yeah and it's okay to outgrow friendships just like you said yeah, like sometimes your friends, like they don't really fit your lifestyle that you feel for yourself. Like maybe you got a new job or like you got something and you're really excited to tell your friend, but like for some reason you don't feel comfortable telling them. Like you feel like they won't support you or like they won't be motivating. Maybe that's a sign that like, hey, you're not in the same place and you need to find people who are like have similar like levels of like motivation towards their goals and um, stuff like that. So for our next question, we have, is it good to feel lonely? I think this is something that uh, is prevalent in high school, despite having so many people around you. It can feel hard or difficult to feel connected to anybody like on your campus. I think it's good to feel lonely when you're lonely and you're really lonely, like you're not like pouring all your energy into binging like Netflix or shows, you're just sitting with yourself is when you learn the most about who you are. You, so I feel like lonely is a necessity. You need to feel lonely sometimes to really um, to find out like about yourself. Yeah. The best character development happens when you're lonely and when you're by yourself, to be honest. And honestly, you should try to make feeling lonely a good thing. Um, I'm kind of at a point where I actually don't feel lonely when I'm alone. I more feel lonely when I'm in a, with a group of people who don't necessarily care about me. If I'm with friends that don't necessarily value me and I'm just there and I'm being overlooked or talked over, that's when I feel the most lonely. And it's good to have that feeling because then you know, okay, these aren't my people. If I feel lonely when I'm with them, these aren't my people. And if you feel lonely when you're alone, that's a good time to like simply ask yourself why and romanticize your life alone. Like take yourself on dates and care about yourself and stuff like that. And eventually you're going to like have fun with yourself and it's not going to feel lonely anymore. One solo date idea is go thrift shopping. Literally go find like a thrift shop or even better in an in antique store and just again explore, pop some music in, listen to like a podcast or like something like that and just start like looking around, go to the library, like get yourself a book, start reading, you know, start drawing, start investing in your hobbies and your whatever you're interested in. And that's how you become your own best friend and never, you know, and have more self-confidence. Yes. 
Definitely. Good date idea um, that I would suggest is get a cup of coffee and then walk around town with your AirPods in. And then, yes, go to a library. Even if you don't like reading, go to a library because you can feel like an academic bad bitch. (laughs) And then walk into some, like, vintage stores and buy yourself some clothes. And make sure you, like, look cute when you're doing it because you're going to, like, feel like all eyes are on you even though they're not. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And then you can build up, like, taking pictures in public. Yes. That's something I want to work on. Taking solo pictures. Yeah. Yeah, so those are all great and ideas. Ideally, like in a either in a really city setting or like a really nature setting. Mm. Like if you're walking through the woods, or if you're walking through New York City, like but not so, not like not like an in between. You know, like one or the other is is the ideal vibe. I would say. For a yeah, date. I feel like I have so many photos of just me inside my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> but being inside your house isn't like a solo date. That oh it could be if you're like doing something that's light like candle, involved. Light a candle, yeah, like cook candle, some dinner, bake some cookies. On a TV show. Well, mm-hmm. uh, that's honestly just a normal night, but whatever. <laughs> but it just romanticize your fucking life because it makes everything better, and that's something I've learned recently. I've been like, actually, romanticizing your life makes things so much better. It really does. Like life, it honestly, it has all the meaning that you give it, guys. Mm-hmm like that's for real yeah that's for real, that man. was deep that was deep it literally your your schoolwork your job your whatever it has all the meaning that you choose to give it like you choose to be happy you choose like your emotions yeah so and also a lot of the things that make you unhappy are choices that you are making mm-hmm. so you are responsible for your own happiness there are obviously other factors like when you go through a breakup when you go through a when you grieve a death stuff like that that sucks and that can like affect your happiness but you like there's a lot of instances where you're happy like you're not happy because you're in a bad friend group that's your problem like make new friends sorry tough love you need to like be responsible for your own happiness period yeah that's so true moving on to our next um our next question how to stop thinking negative thoughts about the people around me slash thinking they don't like me so this goes back to our previous questions talking about like why it's good to be lonely and how it's okay to outgrow a friendship. If you are with people and you're thinking, oh, nobody likes me, like everybody is like, you know, thinking bad thoughts about me, just think like one, nobody cares as much as you think they do. I know it's really hard. We're all main characters. We're all thinking like we're the center of the universe. But trust me, like nobody really, really cares like that much about like, you know, what you do. do, They're insecure and they're not a good person. But this is something I've been struggling with like recently. Like I still struggle with this so much. I want everyone to like me and I'm scared that people don't. One thing my therapist told me is like, focus on do you like them? That's do so you like them? If you feel judged all the time, you feel like you're liking them, do you want to be around them? What do you like about them? And also, just remember that everyone is really insecure. And if they're mean to you, the more mean someone is to you, the more insecure they are. And you should honestly feel bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing to add about that, like just 
thinking like everybody's insecure on some level. So it's like, who are you to think that like everyone's just this perfect like being and you're the only one with problems? Like, no, everybody like got their own insecurities. And I think one of the best ways to combat like thinking negative thoughts specifically about like about people or like your friends, like you feel bad. You're like, oh, why do I think they hate me? You know, like first look to see if it could be a problem with the friendship. Like if you guys just aren't like um, as compatible as friends. But if it's like your own internal like insecurities, practice self-love, like practice saying affirmations to yourself practice um like writing down things that you like about yourself and maybe ask some of your friends like oh hey like what do you like about me or like what do you think is like your favorite quality about me so that you can build resilience in yourself and also give love to others too if you have trouble like giving it to yourself yeah and the more self-confidence you have the less you're going to be worrying about what other people think of you because you know that you're a good person mm-hmm. um yeah do you want to introduce our okay next topic? so our next topic is school um our first question from this topic is how do i know what i want to do in college this is a question that everybody's asked at least once in their life even if you don't go to college you're like what the fuck do I want to do in my life um well first of all everyone knows you don't have to know you don't have to know what you want to do um also I've been struggling with this with the the college applications and I keep changing my mind every day and I think two pieces of advice is be like how much do you want to balance your academics and your social life in college for me I want a nice balance, but I want to have fun in college more than I care about the academics because I prioritize my happiness more than I prioritize my education. So think about that. And then think about also how far away do you want to be from your family? like, Mm -hmm. And what career paths sound interesting to you? And then look at what corresponding majors there are for that. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, think about your core values, and um, I'd say, like, as of as opposed to like majors go, uh, there are a lot of different majors that are available that you might not have heard of. Like, there's environmental engineering if you like architecture and like also, environmental. You can always do undecided major. Yeah, you can always do undecided, but. Yeah, like, don't feel overwhelmed by choices. Feel excited by them and just explore all your options. Yeah, and nothing's, like, set in stone. You can always change what you want to do. Yeah. Um, so we're moving on to our next topic, which is on mental health. So how do I cope with a poor relationship with my parent? This is a question that, you know, you'll go through in high school a lot, Um Personally, for me, like, I've gone through um, situations where, like, I was just acting out. I felt like I was so different at school versus at home. Like, at home, I feel like I was so nice and, like, so such a caring person. But at home, like, with my parents, I would act out. I would be rude. I would, um, you know, like, purposely disobey them. So I think you need to kind of see your parents as people they're in they're not perfect um and yeah just try to have like genuine conversations about them yeah 
one thing about being a teenager is you learn that your parents aren't perfect. And that's something I had to go through. I had to learn that my parents have made huge mistakes in their life. And, um, yeah, like everybody does. And if you are having a poor relationship with your parent, obviously talk to them about it. But also develop your own independence so you're not dependent on them. Like if you're dependent on your parent who you don't have a good relationship with, Develop your independence, and then it won't affect you that much what your relationship with that parent is. Yeah, I agree with this. If you really need to, if you feel like it's your parents are kind of de- like degrading your mental health, definitely get that independence. And if you really, you don't really know your parents and like you just, you feel distant from them, have a conversation about their life. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I didn't really know a lot about my dad's like life growing up. And, like, slowly we started, like, I started reaching out and, like, having conversations with him about how he grew up. And that really made me closer to him. So don't take that for granted. Um, And, yeah. So for our next question, we have, should I go to parties? And I know, Sierra, you have some strong opinions about this. Oh, yeah. Personally, I, I like to go to parties. And... But I think there's, like, a clear difference between the type of environment I like. I like more, like, a personal environment where there's fewer people and it doesn't feel as overwhelming. Um, Like, I feel like parties are what you make of it. If you find a good group of people, like your friends, um, that's the best. But don't go into a party, like, I feel like with the mindset of, like, oh, like, I'm going to hook up with somebody. It usually doesn't work out. Like, trust me. Yeah, there's, I like going to parties. um, But there's some factors that are out of your own control. Like, sometimes a party is simply a bad party. And there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe the friends that you're with are just trying to hook up with someone. And you're trying to have a good time. And so they leave you behind. Or... The cops come or something like that. So, honestly, you should not feel any pressure to go to, like, a high school party if you don't want to. And if you're, like, on the edge about it, definitely go to a party and see how you like it. And just know that you can leave five minutes after you get there if you want to. So, it's your choice. And try not to have FOMO because everyone, like, they do not care if you're there or not. Sorry. They do not care if you're there or not. It's not going to make any decision the night will go on without you there yeah like you know once you're actually in there it you know it it doesn't feel like as you know like my life is a movie like moments like that high school parties are not like yeah like I once I went to a party and I brought like some drinks right I soda I brought soda (laughs) and I brought it to the party. I sit on the table, and literally, I saw five different people walk by and like take a swig out of the same open um, yeah. soda container with no like cups or anything. Um, so yeah, I'd say go to parties if you really want to try it out and see if it's for you. Then go to them, but be safe yeah. and always have a ride home. Also, um, I would like to touch that. Um, high school parties are a lot different than the college parties or anything like that because you already know these people. You know, like, almost everyone at the party. So, like, I think parties are way more fun when you are meeting people 
but I've been to so many high school parties with just the same people and it's just repetitive and kind of boring. Um, the most fun I've ever had at a party was a small party in Santa Cruz with people that I did not know. Like I had so much fun because I didn't know what they were going to, and it wasn't LA kids. So they were like just much more chill. So there's a lot of factors that go into it and don't like, I say that I hate part like high school parties. I don't because I like some of them. So don't categorize all of them because there's good and bad ones. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, our next question is, what relationship should I have with social media? Okay, so social media, let me get something straight. You should not be on social media if you don't have like a strong sense of self. Because social media, what you're exposed to, like you're seeing pictures of perfect bodies, like perfect faces, just know that like your own perception of what like beautiful people are or it's different like online versus in real life so be mindful of that and choose your content you consume wisely consume content that is going to enrich your understanding um like deepen your interest in a hobby like say you follow some makeup like artists and like you like to watch your tutorials but don't get too sucked in thinking that like everything on social media reflects reality because it yeah. really doesn't. The biggest thing about answering this question is simply, are you going on social media with a purpose? If you're going on TikTok to have a good time and scroll for like 10 minutes to unwind, that's chill. But if you're just reaching for the app with no, like subconsciously, don't be on it. It's so bad for your productivity, your attention span, your mental health, and also... Do not follow people that don't make you feel good because I see so many girls that follow all these like models mm -hmm. and then they like hate themselves and like, why do you follow these models if they make you feel bad? You're in control of it. You have a block button, you have a mute button, like just use it, you know? So it's totally up to you to regulate your own social media use. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, yeah, like stay, I would stay away from like, too much TikTok or like anything in excessive is gonna, you know, cause harm. So that's pretty much have like have some constraint, you know. Our next question is uh feeling behind in life. Um so we all experience this. I'm kind of experiencing this right now. Like I don't have my license and like a lot of people are getting their license. Um as opposed to this, I'd say everyone is on their own track. And sometimes comparison can be a good thing because maybe you're feeling like that because you genuinely are not trying to achieve your goals. Like you just are like not doing it. So seeing somebody who's kind of on the same track and achieving their goals, it's like a good push of motivation. When it becomes bad is when you're constantly comparing yourself to others and it stops you from like wanting to uh, try to achieve your goals so yeah like healthy comparison is good but too much where you feel like you can't do anything um, yeah. is going to be harmful one thing I want to add is um, when you're feeling behind in life you have to recognize what you're feeling uh, behind about and why so if you're feeling behind about not getting your license you should ask yourself, 
wait, like, do I even value getting my license? Because if you don't, then there's no reason to feel behind. It's your personal choice. There's no right path to go on in life, life or else everyone would be the same. So if you're like, you know what, like, take, embrace what you're feeling behind about. Like, no, I don't have my license because I simply, like, don't want it right now. Like, I don't need it right now. Then that's totally, like, that helps so much. And recognize what you're ahead of. Like, recognize what you're doing that other people aren't doing. Yeah, so what you're ahead of in life. Yeah, I, I liked um, what you said about, like, do I even value this? Mm-hmm. Like, am I just valuing this because other people care about it? Or yes. like, do I actually want this? Yeah, exactly. That's so important. And that's, like, so on point with getting a license. Because mm-hmm. you and, like, a lot of other friends I have don't care about getting their license <laughs> right now. And I honestly respect it. Because I'm like, okay, so, like, you don't care what other people are doing. And that's, like, literally a good quality to have. That's not being behind. That's being ahead emotionally and mentally. So, yeah. Material things are stupid. Yeah. Um, Our next question uh, is, how do you overcome body dysmorphia? You don't. You don't. There's no right answer, and there's no answer at all, so. Yeah. It changes, though. Like, some things you're insecure about. (laughs) You're so cute, buddy. It was <laughs> my dog is on the couch. <laughs> he looks like a little nugget sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he's such an old man. He's, how old is he now? I think he's around three years old. <laughs> he's looking at you like, what is this bitch doing? <laughs> he's a okay. little puppy. Um, a body dysmorphia. Yeah. yeah, like it really it changes a lot. Oh, um, I just need to add. Yeah. Okay, so with body dysmorphia, and this relates to the dog. If you have a pet, you're, you should think about it this way. If your pet loves you unconditionally, they don't fucking care what you look like. <laughs> Everyone you love in your life, think about your mom or your favorite women in your life. Do you? Would you? Beyonce. Like, do you, <laughs> like, do you think that your mom is beautiful? Ask yourself that. And then ask yourself, is she conventionally model fits into the beauty standard? Because most often, the person that you love the most, maybe it's your grandma, doesn't look like Madison Beer, but you love them and you think they're beautiful because of their personality. So that's mm-hmm. how I think you overcome it is you truly realize that the people that you love, you do not give a second thought about their appearance and your dog loves you. Yeah. yeah. Get a dog, guys. Yeah, that's like it's really honestly, good for you. There's your no health. other way to do it. Like you can give yourself self affirmations, but it's not going to work. <laughs> Sorry to tell you that. It's not going to work. Yeah. um, You could also give yourself plastic surgery and hate yourself. So, yeah. Give yourself plastic. Don't give yourself no plastic surgery. Oh, look at this little (laughs) bug. So, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So, um, do you want to... It's kind of combined with our last question. We have one more question, guys. Yeah. So, comparing yourself to others, such feeling bad about your appearance, this kind of relates to the body dysmorphia you never really stop comparing yourself ever you may have find ways to cope with it but just trust like you never find like you never stop comparing but what you can control is like who you surround yourself with yes one thing okay one thing that really helps me with this is kind of messed up if if i'm comparing myself to a model on instagram one thing i'll do (laughs) 
<laughs> this is really messed up, but it's one thing that actually helps me is I'll look for their flaws. I'll be like, like, because if you're like, I want to look like That's this person. Evil. <laughs> no, but listen, if you want to look like this person, like yeah. say it's Madison Beer, you're like, I want to look at, like Madison Beer, but like, would you ask yourself would i actually rather like fully have her body than mine like because there's features of yourself that you like Mm -hmm. would you fully be willing to give those up but also find flaws because not everyone's perfect you could be like well like she's beautiful but like maybe this thing about her isn't like i wouldn't want to have this or whatever like Like i know that sounds messed up but it really helps to recognize other people's flaws that's rihanna for me like Mm. she i used to be like Oh, I have such a big forehead. Like you know, I don't like I don't like showing my forehead. But but like Rihanna, like she's she's got a she's got a six head, man, and she's <laughs> rocking it. She's got a cranium on her, yeah. but like she's so beautiful. Yeah. Like she's one of the most beautiful people. And yeah, now I show my forehead mm-hmm. with pride. Yes. So finding celebrities that have features similar to you and that you think are beautiful is such so good. Like. If I find someone, I'm insecure about my chubby ass cheeks. So if I hire a celebrity with nice chubby cheeks, I'm like, wait, she's beautiful. So, yeah. so am I. <laughs> and so are all my viewers and listeners. You guys yeah. are all, all on your own journey. You guys are all beautiful. All three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Including Jax. <laughs> all three listeners listening right now. I hope you have a wonderful day and thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Well, I'll hopefully it'll be two billion by next week. So yeah, stay t- stay tuned, guys. Oh, five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. Yeah, rate yeah. us, um, yeah. celebrate us, and I hope you guys found this video helpful. We'll see you again soon for another episode of Happy to Interrupt.